0: Welcome everyone to the cafe. I am Alex, joined by John and Susie, and uh, we have a uh, Costa joining us spiritually, ethically, morally from the. Um He's sick. <laughs> I'll just say that He's, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the second one in a row, Costa. You you you're falling behind. What's going on here? <laughs> um, now, as you probably may or may not have heard, um, hopefully did hear. Um, Costa and I weren't on the last uh, live bullions because that was handled by John and Susie over here. And um, I'm going to use this chance to publicly embarrass you guys and say congratulations.
1: You did really, really well. Oh, thank you. I'm so publicly <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs>
0: Shame. It's a, Shame on you.
1: This, this is where we're like, yeah, we actually hate like talking and public speaking and stuff, which is why we're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no you both did
0: like really like it was the first one being able to listen to was just like you know uh audience member and like i was like actually like because i never listened to these back like i listened to this a little bit but i listen to my voice like, who wants to listen to that if i don't have to <laughs> so um i uh i skip them but yeah like, that one i listened to and i was laughing at it and really interesting you know topic point and um yeah you guys navigated that really well so uh, cheers congrats man congrats to hey. you
1: much appreciated ah. and yeah, it was great having Sarah on as well because um, obviously, you know, her subject area and everything she brought up uh, helped the conversation go where it needed to go kind of thing, so... Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyone who hasn't listened has no idea what we're talking about, check out the last live Booleans, uh with Sarah Brown, lead technologist from Code Like a Girl. Yeah, yep.
2: She was great, and,
0: yeah. um She was great, yeah. Yeah, and um to all your game developers out there, welcome. Start some positive affirmations. I hope your game that you're working on is going well. I hope you finish your game. And if not, I hope you start a new fun project. And um yeah, I was listening to this podcast where they, he starts it with all these positive affirmations That's and I was nice. like uh, Yeah. Yeah <laughs> That's good quality content. I like yeah. it. I, I've
1: listened to podcasts where they end it with that too. And it's like uh, it yeah. sounds cheesy when you Talk about it, but like if if they do it right, you kinda just like leave with a smile on your face and you're like, Alright, yeah. that, that made me feel a bit more confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when um like if anyone
0: if a game developer makes makes a joke about not finishing your project, you're like, Oh yeah, we do that, we do that. If anyone else makes that joke, like you can't joke about that. That's that's, <laughs> that's Oh that's us. It's almost like sacred <laughs> kind of thing. It's like Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? It becomes an attack. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Let's get it started with today, which if you're listening to it on Thursday, um, last Sunday, um, which is today. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't tell them our
1: secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Now they're going to expect faster turnaround. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, there's a reason why we leave you in the dark, everyone. (laughs) And it's for your own benefit. I can't remember myself, but, uh, oh no, it's actually, it's for our benefit. We need to turn around that. Look. Um, anyway we'll, we'll, Okay so, Alex Seeing
1: as you've brought it yeah. up Just for everyone's expectations Generally we will record uh, Like two days before an episode comes out Sometimes one day beforehand Today's uh, three days So either that means uh, The editing I'll have plenty of time And it'll be fantastic And you can expect explosion sounds And airplanes and everything Or you know Or it'll sound <laughs> like a regular episode And you'll get exactly what you came for
0: Well you You uh you came, you saw, you conquered. When it came to um, that outro in the two Aww, cafes that before, so with the, <laughs> that was so good. Costa and Susie serenading. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what the song was called. What the was it? The
1: Katamari Damasi. Uh, Susie, yeah. you're the one who played it. it, it was it what? Oh yeah, Susie's right. The yeah. One who no, no, I never it. played it. You played the browser one. though. No, no, no. That was <laughs>
2: the Did browser catamarì. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, yeah, well, there's my yeah,
0: well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, well, so uh, Sunday today, May 1st, um, which is an important date in regards to this topic. Um, I attended the Game Workers Australia launch over Zoom. Uh, so Game Workers Australia, I took a whole bunch of notes um, from it for those that couldn't attend. So forgive me if I read these notes and they don't make sense. We're going to unpack them together. Awesome. Um, so Game Workers Australia is the new national union for Australian game workers. So um, Game Workers Australia, it's housed by Professionals Australia, a union um, which has 18,000 workers across engineering, IT, telecommunications, and science um it's i had better notes than this it's uh uh, let me i posted it in the adelaide games discord so i'm just gonna
1: (laughs) hop over to that like i should have done
0: um those listening
1: can hop onto the discord and read along with alex (laughs) this is true (laughs) this is true yeah like to uh, crack out your novels in high school and (laughs) Yeah, or yeah. Everyone read everyone one to- sentence at a time.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: turn to pa- turn to channel useful
2: information. Uh, I could not deal with that. And, uh, that was you- so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I remember us all reading A uh, Great Gatsby in class. No one paying attention until the car crash. And then we were like, oh, "What? Uh, car crash?" <laughs> this got interesting. That's a
2: great book. I always had to read boring books in high school. We never got to read anything fun like that. What's a
0: What's a good book compared to? Gatsby.
2: No, Gatsby is a good. Book. I don't read a lot. I like so. Gatsby; it's a good. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. what I mean. I don't think it's uh. a good book. But
1: I don't think anything is a good book. I, I'm sorry, guys. We're we're gonna have to need to do a, a literature spin-off podcast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> People came for Gatsby. I'm I'm sorry, everybody. Um, all right.
0: So, um, <clears throat> let me start that again. I attended the <laughs> Game Workers Australia launch. So, um, Game Workers Australia is the Australian chapter of Game Workers Unite. So. Um, basically the first time in Australian history, video game developers will be a part of a trade union. So video games developers in Australia do not have a union. Um, all that has changed. We are now can be, you can be part of a union. Um, they're also offering 50% off for the first 12 months of memberships to celebrate the launch. Um, so we'll get into that. There's a bunch of different tiers of what that gets you. Um, I should also state, this sounds like a, uh, a plug. It is not. We are not sponsored or anything like that. Um we are just reporting it as it is. Um so um yeah, they launched it today specifically because it's May first, which is International Workers' Day. Um so factors that inspired unionization for game development. Well, not inspired, it, but why it's necessary. Um No Seek 21 game development is um We've with we short term contracts, overtime, a lot of stress, a lot of bullying, um, a lot of insert studio gate uh you know, instances, gamergate, uh mm. um what's you know, the blizz all the blizzard stuff. I mean these are you know on larger scales, but this affects teams at any size. Yeah. So you now have like a you know, literally a unionized as front for this um not sorry not for that to protect you from that it's not yeah um uh yeah so someone also made a link in the talk between um insurance and union dues basically saying if you need their help you can't access it uh or you can't raise issues that happened in the past unless you're a member so stressing the importance of joining a union um Different tiers of uh, membership. So community membership, which is free, doesn't really get you a lot, but it gets you access to the the Discord so you can find out about what's going on um, in the union, um, people sharing stories. That was a good thing about this session was, um, as I said, there wasn't any, There hasn't been an Australian games union, but there's been a union around tech. So it said engineering, IT, telecommunications, people sharing their stories about why a union was important to them. Um they brought up an interesting stat that said, uh, on average, because one of the services they offer is, um, where have I got it? Basically out of the collective bargaining and industrial representation. So collective bargaining. So like, you know, higher wages, things like that. And they said that union members tend to get paid 20% more on average by the fact that they can, you know, Lean on a union and ask for what they want. Really, um,
2: is this like is that? I said it can oh, affect. Yeah, no. Do you want to read? Do you no, want to read no, them more? No, can no. I ask questions and um, interrupt?
0: Um, oh well, just a couple more points. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that? No, that's it. I mean, yeah, jump in anytime. That's all good. Um, so yeah, this is for workers of any size studio. So you know, if you're a three person studio, you can do it. Kathy um, Smart mentioned that. Um usually they don't allow founders to be part of of the union but she thinks that um, they've changed that for potentially the Australian chapter of this so more looks works going to be looked into that. Um yeah, three tiers which we'll get into afterwards um of what, you know, what's an offer, but union dues are 100% tax deductible. So if you're on a tier that's, you know, $19 a month, that's what 20 times 12, which is $240ish. Um that's out of pocket in the first year but then you just claim that on on tax you know. Um so yeah. Um yeah what were you saying Susie?
2: I was wondering if the union members getting paid 20% more on average if that's only in industries where there's not like one of those like enterprise agreement things or if it means like uh, yep you get pushed up in the enterprise agreement levels things if you've got a union or like 'Cause we but don't have one in games. Correct yeah. me if I'm
1: wrong, but aren't enterprise agreements generally the result of union? Oh well. Wow. I I might be wrong about that. because um, 'cause I've worked in a few places and about half of them had enterprise agreements and uh you know what, scratch that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, More random thoughts yeah, from Cafe t- Boys. <laughs> None <laughs> of us know
2: anything about enterprise agreements. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 and that's what this is. At the end of the day, we we are the news. We are we are commenting. This is on what the news. happens when
1: Costa's not here. We don't have that business. Yeah, it, he would totally. <laughs> know he this. Would, yeah, let me try like, my. Well, Costa. guys, <laughs> look, it, it, if you're sad about your work, I'll make you a sad song. But Costa will actually get you an enterprise, enterprise agreement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he can read between this. Um, I did ask a question in the um, uh, during the chat. Uh, I asked, um, is there any obligation for workers to tell their company or their employers that they're part of a union? And what are the employer requirements to educating about the union? Um, Both pretty, you know, telling answers. Um, There's no obligation um, to tell your employer you're in a union. Not only that, their words, you can legally lie about it. So you can say, yeah, I'm not in it or something like that. Um, they can't even ask. It's illegal for employers to uh, right. discriminate based mm-hmm. on this. Um, and But also, employers don't have to let you know about the union. Um, it's The way they're making it sound, a lot of developers, well, sorry, let me say a lot of teams would feel like it's in their best interest. They don't let you know that the union exists. So, um, Which is interesting because, uh, not game companies, but companies I've worked for, They've been big companies. They've been pretty open that they have a union. And not only that, like help you join it and be a part of it. It feels like once you get to a certain size and um, efficiency, they're like, do it, don't do it. We know that we're not bad people.
1: So go ahead, join it. Is, is the fear about unions... Like I've never joined a union. Is the fear that if your staff are joining a union, it means they're going to try and change the way you're running the company or make demands or something like that? Is that... I would sure. think so because I, uh, um, I guess
0: so because I mean as long as you're not breach, you know I guess because you can pay at your own kind of discrepancy really as long as you're paying if you're a company as long as you're paying above the minimum wage you can do that but I guess if I don't know yeah you're right mm-hmm. like because I think I think if you go into this with good intentions you'd be like, join a union. I I don't mind. Let's, you know, if there's problems, let's work it out. But if you're, you know, a big company and you're paying everyone the minimum you can, and then they go, you know what? Like, we do a lot for you. We, um, we're staying late. We shouldn't even be staying late. I read this union chapter that says, uh, not chapter, this union thing that says, you know, we shouldn't even be doing that. Then they're probably like, oh, okay. Especially in this industry where it's like, you know to the nth hour of work yeah. like then you drop your pens basically you know
2: i wonder like it seems yep. like unions have very different roles now than they used to like like my yeah. my grandfather like he loves unions right and he always tells these stories about like back in the 70s he used to work at like this printing place which i guess is kind of like you know old school graphic design but it was like a newspaper right He used to print the newspaper Mm. And apparently the bosses at the newspaper company were like, they wanted to pay everybody less money. And so they all went to the union and they all joined the union and the union was like really full on. And what they, what they did, like he tells a story that they all stopped working. Most of them stopped working for like six months. And during that time, they would just go Mm. to the factory and stand out the front with signs for like six whole months. Uh. Right. And they didn't get paid that whole time from the company, but the union paid them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So it's kind of a way to like organize with all the other workers of the same industry, uh, almost forcing <laughs> the hand yeah, of the Yeah. To having to make So it's change. a counterbalance to, to the.
0: It makes sense because um, there's. A, they did mention. They didn't mention anything like, you know, covering wages or something like that. But one of the um, benefits listed is um, professional indemnity insurance. Oh yeah. um, so peace of mind for contractors so it wasn't like the covering wages kind of thing but you know if they're offering insurances then it's not out of yeah. round, the possibility that they would do that um, and maybe
2: it's just like nowadays they, it, it's more like a you know by the power of people than by the power of like stopping work for six months or whatever like, it's probably easier for people to hear yeah. about it and for something to happen right like oh a hundred of our employees are out the front like Maybe back like in the 70s, no one would have known about that except the company and people driving parts.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. So instead of like, you know, the game doesn't get made, it's on Twitter now. Yeah, saying, everyone knows. Do you see what this company did? <laughs> yeah. So he would have had to have waited six months. It could have just been like three weeks. And then they're like, what are you doing? Pay him. Yeah. You
1: know? Actually, that, that's a um, really good point. Like the role of social media is possibly yeah. not a replacement, but yeah, it's the outlet for people to be heard about yeah I mean how uh, if if we look at a lot of the like you were saying Alex the gate <laughs> like uh, troubles at uh, Activision oh, and right. Blizzard and various other places um, did a lot of that come out as tweets or was it journal, uh, like journalists uh, reporting on it or was it a combination yeah. of that stuff Uh
0: yeah, I'm not sure about on the journalist side. I know that if there's a video game leak, it's usually someone tells a journalist. But yeah. um, I think I think it was mainly a lot of tweets. It was a lot. Yeah, of, I saw a lot of tweets about that. Yeah, and that's a scary thing, right? That gets into an existential thought process where you go like, "Are we better people, or are we just scared of getting like, not we as in us, we as in humanity? <laughs> Has humanity gotten better in the last?" 10 years or are we just really scared of people finding out so we're like yeah you know what I, I would like to empower my workers to do whatever but really you're like don't tell
1: anyone <laughs> you know? well yeah I don't know I, I reckon that we're more transparent because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if a employer stops their staff from union unionizing you definitely hear about it uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the Starbucks like, uh, thing yeah, definitely. <laughs> St- Starbucks yeah. te- uh, is it Tesla and or- Pro, uh, Amazon as well. As oh yeah. Apple's currently having their union <laughs> kind of debate happening. I think it is.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, that gets into such Grey territory. Mm. Like, uh, not not even grey Like, it shouldn't be though. That's the thing. It shouldn't be grey It should just be like, pay them, pay what you want. You know, the pay pay what they want kind of thing. But
1: yeah, he he. See, here when you go. it goes uh, February eighteenth, twenty twenty two, some U.S. Apple store employees are working to unionize part of a growing worker backlash so that's a union just for apple store workers
0: it's a lot of yeah right there's a lot of industries i think that aren't unionized because like my my mom used to work in a, a pharmacy she wasn't the pharmacist she just worked behind the counter and i remember her saying she didn't have a um a pressure mat to stand on like she had to just stand on the tiles all day because like, you know, in supermarkets, supermarkets are unionized and that's what got them pressure mats. You can stand on foam when you're standing on there for eight hours, but she didn't have that because apparently pharmacy doesn't have a union. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's kind of common for uh, industries to just not have
1: unions. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how you can tell if someone's got a union is they have pressure mats. So, <laughs> yeah. So look forward yeah, to yeah, this. Well, so they have standing desks you're getting pressure, pressure mats. mats. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's it, right? Like, Um, you know, where I work, you have to do the whole health and safety thing every, every six months and, or or whenever it is. And, um, one of the things that, uh, is like, a oh, are your feet resting on a 45 degree angle or whatever, 45 degree angle. uh, And you select no. And they're like, do you need that provided for you? I'm like, Hmm, this is a union thing. (laughs) (laughs) And there's someone in the office who's always just like, I want everything free that's coming to me. So, yeah, I'll take that. And <laughs> they've never used it. It just sits there.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. But, um, hey, if you got one, power to you. Hey, it's um, power to the people. Slight tangent. Um, did you guys learn anything about unions in school or uni or anything like that? Um, I,
2: I did no, business goodness. studies in year 12, right? Like, that was one of yeah. my like important subjects the ones that got you into uni so i yeah. had to pass it and there was like one week where we learned about unions conciliation and arbitration and that was it and it was like this is a thing yeah, right. and that was it <laughs>
1: <laughs> right right well because yeah i just find it interesting because like i i don't remember being taught about it at all like um, i went to high school i uh, went to uni did honors um, and I don't think I've ever actually been taught what a union is. I've <laughs> so, uh, worked at various jobs. Um, so I I don't know if that's just a thing that, you know, I didn't get taught or I've missed out on or whether it is actually something that's kind of out of our generation's uh You need awareness. to meet my grander, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> oh, please, bring him on the show. <laughs>
0: um my knowledge of Union comes from uh, mob shows and mob movies, <laughs> and so Unions are never good. Yeah, I know. Did you ever watch The Wire? No, I've watched The Sopranos, though, which is a spicy wire. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: spicy wire. I love it. The Wire, it's one of the a second season or something like that. There's this, this guy that's like works in a shipyard, and he's one of the leaders of the Union, uh, but he ends up getting up to all sorts of corruption and mob stuff, and then... Spoilers ends up dead. So, so it's usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's also that Futurama yeah. where that flexor takes Bender's spot because Flexo is. Oh, I was watching it. that like literally today. Yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all about the union, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: How they're paying um the other robots at ten times the normal wage. It's like ten times
1: <laughs> higher <is> straight away. <laughs> well I guess segue um, back into your notes here, Alex. Um it's it's good that uh the Was game workers australia are actually saying what they offer rather than just being like we're a union because obviously (laughs) we're struggling to work out what this is um Mm. and so maybe maybe education is (laughs) one of the big things for them well
0: that's the that's a good thing is um and one of the questions i asked as well but i didn't get an answer to was is there any overlap between this union and the work that igea does um because igea runs like mentorship programs and they have legal advice and stuff like that and a and the union seems to offer these things as well now. Okay. Um, but when I asked that question, it was a bit... Um, uh, it just kind of got glossed over. Oh, I'm really? going skip that question entirely. So I don't know if there's a history behind that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll quickly rattle through the um, uh, the benefits um, just as a talking point. There's a, You can go on their website, which is um, gameworkers.professionalaustralia.org.au. So on the free tier you have access to the um discord um so community spaces and the discord server and the what they were saying about that is it's you know everyone who's in the union is kind of like i guess reporting on um what's going on um you know Past stories <clears throat> It sounds like it's pretty new um, I think they've probably brought it in for the game development Because um, one of them made a joke about how they're getting used to the Discord So I think that's probably a <laughs> carrot for game developers um, Be part of the campaign for a better games industry I'm guessing that means survey results They're going to ask you from time to time How's your work conditions and things like that um, Professional indemnity insurance A peace of mind for contractors Um hmm. So, you know, indemnity insurance, that's great for, awesome for contractors. That's the insurance that always gets overlooked.
2: So is that like Um, when you're contracting for somebody, like if you do something wrong or whatever, you're covered? Is that what that is?
0: Yeah, it's basically like, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. If if you do work for someone and then that someone says, I've just lost a ton of money based off of your advice or what work you did or um, something like that. Then this insurance will cover you up to a certain point. Um, uh, so it's good for like you know for contractors, you know, uh, it's like in the web in the web world that you and I are in. Um, indemnity insurance is good, I think. For um, I guess it's like if you, is that a, a cat? Is <laughs> that a cat? Cat's <laughs> tail.
1: <So> I guess. A <laughs> yeah, hey, spud. She's By the way, shout out Alex, Alex your picture of Spud the cat uh, when we were all wearing the jackets. Yeah, we noticed that. Yeah, it's oh, he, in the background, with the glasses. Is Spud a, is Spud a he
0: or a she? Spud
1: is a she.
0: A she. Um, she is. Since you asked for it, she's been in every Cafe Bullion's. Um, That's amazing. Thumbnail. She's and like she. will continue to be in everyone.
2: Because she is always here. You hear
0: that, Spud? Yeah. She, what does Spud think about unions?
1: She. She's walked away. <laughs> she is not in favor. <laughs>
0: If he's not, in fact, oh, sorry, Game Workers Australia. You're a founder, aren't you? Do not aren't the you? So we
2: know who the people are who are, like, um, heading up the union? Like, are they games people? Like, do we know them?
0: Yeah, so they're called... Uh, as in the taking over the Australian yeah. chapter? They did mention their names um, during the stream, and I didn't take note of that, because um, I don't know if it's in charge, but basically it falls under the umbrella of... Um, where have I got it written? Mm -hmm. Professionals Australia Union. So PA. Um, so they're looking after the Australian chapter. Um, so the CEO, Jill Allen, she was at the the presentation, um, kind of like welcoming them in. And then they had like all these, uh, like video ins from all over the world. People who were in other game workers, yeah, I, I think I think when you talk about it globally, it's Game Workers Unite. The the um, what's the word acronyms were a bit all over the place. I yeah, think. Yeah, so but Gwu
1: um, is the global one. Game Workers Unite and GWA yeah. Game Workers Australia is the Australian arm of oh, Game Workers there you Unite. Go. Yeah, so, which which um, is good actually. I think just to. Uh, sorry, Alex. Um, it's good yeah. that they're already an established union, I think, and that it's not just like a new startup kind of thing. So there's a bit yeah. of history there, a bit of experience with some of the bigger companies yeah. and stuff. So they've brought that over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's it seems to be a really good thing, and, and like, I guess it's kind of a tricky one to to like um what's the word tempt a lot of game developers. Um I think the ones that would need the protection, as in like in the small studios who are just, you know, being told this is how it is and that no one actually knows how it is. They're the ones that probably can't afford to pay the twenty dollars a month, the forty dollars a month, or the sixty five dollars a month. Or the <clears throat> a month. Yeah. Mm. Um, where the bigger companies where they're probably getting paid where they could afford it, probably don't need it as much. But again, there's a there's a big parallel between this and insurance, which is you're paying for it hoping you never have to use it. Um, well, there's
1: literally insurance as part of it as well. Which yeah. if you're paying for professional indemnity, you'd be paying close to that anyway. Yeah. But, but actually you wouldn't necessarily need that if you're not a contractor. So it would be good if there was like a halfway, you know, $10 a month, $5 a month option as well, I think.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so there's, there's three tiers. Um, so tier one has you know, the community server that can't be part of the campaigns, but it's got the indemnity insurance, um, workplace advice. uh, You get to vote on the union decisions and the projects, access to exclusive workshops, presentations, and courses. Then on the next tier to add to that, you have 40 minutes via the phone, one-on-one advice from lawyers. Um, I guess that's per month, 40 minutes per month. Um, Employment um contract and independent contractor reviews so have someone actually you know look at your your employment contract which is uh, really some contracts can get interesting in the creative field um (laughs) cannot confirm nor deny (laughs) where i would have heard any of these things from and and, and i'm honestly honestly don't look too hard into that's not from my personal experience or anything like that Um, these are what you hear People say in in, uh, in conversation, like a catch ups gonna and say, things like that.
1: Probably in the creative field as well. If uh, a contract's a little sus, word spreads pretty quickly about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Even if it's you know you're not meant to talk about it, people kind of figure out. Oh, I think just something doesn't seem right about this. Um, so you know, and even that, right? It, it's so bad that we can't talk about Bruno, what's in a contract. Sorry. Like, <laughs> sorry. For, what, what's that i don't know what that
2: is it's the movie yeah <laughs> you said oh, we can't i haven't seen that better. but and <laughs> i had to say bruno because it's like the song and <laughs> 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 it, it's from Encanto, but it's like i can't believe you you haven't like everyone's heard this it's like huge
0: ah <laughs> uh, i i live wait, in a cave wait sorry from, from the movie Encanto.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Did you, you say oh, Bruno? Disney movie? Yeah. I thought you were talking yeah. about the movie Bruno.
2: Oh, okay. He said we are not talk about
1: That's a very different experience. <laughs> that is
2: incredibly different. <laughs>
1: I started
0: thinking about the movie Juno. Oh, that's also <laughs> very different. I had no different. idea. I was all over the place. <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, Forgive my yeah.
2: Bruno interruption.
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I am not caught up with Disney movies. Um, it's a sad, sad situation. That's a Disney movie, isn't it?
1: All three are Disney movies. No, not really. You know what it is?
0: You know what it is? It's in their posters. The main character always has one eyebrow up and one eyebrow down. Like they're looking at me like they're better than me. That's that's and the it shrek. It makes look, me uncomfortable. Right? You didn't model huh? me, shrek Alex. All of them.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's all 3D characters in the poster of, you look up any 3D movie and you look at the character. They usually got their arm crossed, one eyebrow up, one eyebrow down and like they're judging me and uh, you're not getting my money, Disney. <laughs> no,
1: I'm kidding. You have my uh, money. Alex is eternally um, judged by all 3D characters.
2: <laughs> Did you ever end up watching <laughs> Up yes, like we all said you had to, Alex?
0: No, I didn't. You have to watch Up. I don't think that one has an eyebrow up, eyebrow down. I think it's just got a grumpy old man who there I can very much relate. <laughs> 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 and a dog. Yeah alright, I'll, I'll start with up Actually, you know what? Let's look up the cover. To up. Let's see if there's the eyebrow up. Disney cover images. Unless that ha- house is giving me the side eye. <laughs> um, yeah. No one. No one's given. No one's given the little one eyebrow up, one eyebrow down. Let's check out Encanto. Encanto. Encanto <laughs> and, and cover. Uh, You know what? For the. Yeah. Uh, there's one in the background one in the background white shirt holding the donkey Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> always someone in, always someone in the um, movie oh, no. who knows they're better than me
2: <laughs> she kind of is better than everyone though. she can lift anything so like,
0: Are, yeah. uh, I can't that's um, and then the last tier of the union of tier four tier three package is legal representation in the court or commission um which they highlighted was at any level and collective bargaining and industrial representation um so yeah if if it's something you're interested in check out their website we'll post a link to it um talk about it talk about it in the agd discord that's what i was getting at before it's like it it sucks that we can't it's it it feels like we're still not at that point where we can just comfortably talk about you know workplace kind of um shenanigans and, and, and that's not me saying shenanigans, like just brushing over what happens. I, I'm, I'm saying shenanigans is like anything. You can't talk about Is that more the case like when you,
1: you've you accepted a job and you're working at a place that you can't talk about it or are you talking about even like jobs you don't take? Well, like... Um, I guess any. Well, uh,
0: you know... Um, like I more mean like... Um, you know it's just not commonplace to talk to your coworker about um what their salary is, oh right you know? yeah. and then you and then and companies bank on that because then they don't want to find out that um you know susie's making 20 grand more than you john or something like that you know in She's,
2: the, what? Doing the exact <laughs> <laughs> trust me that would never happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Susie, you I, I know what you do up. for a job, and I know what I do for a job, and yeah. I hope you are earning 20 grand. Oh, yeah. Honestly. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um,
0: yeah, you know, hopefully this is a step into the direction we can. And you know what? And that's coming full circle, talking about how a lot of changes in the game dev area came about from. um, Like, one thing that the tech area has been good at lately is just exposing stuff when they know it isn't right. They don't mind. Yeah, be, there should be like they a don't hashtag. Mind starting like, your what is it
2: running? It seems like a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and just have that honest conversation. You know, if you're working for a small studio, they're probably not going to pay the same as a bigger one, but you you would hopefully
1: kind of realize that when you're going to go work for them or something like that. Yeah,
2: and the places, we're, you know, how they like do doing... not
1: that... how... We're fortunate that games is a... I I would imagine it's a more progressive industry um and you know I was <laughs> I was uh doing jury duty a while ago <laughs> a few months ago and there was this uh, other woman that was doing it and um unfortunately I can't talk about any of the jury the the uh details of the trials here so don't ask me uh, but <laughs> this a uh, there's other woman I was talking to she said she had previously worked uh, in a logging industry job and then she went and worked for like the uh was it sa film or the sa arts one of those and so she went from like this real kind of blokey industry where it's all like toxic masculinity and like just get the job done kind of thing and you know pros and cons to like she said very airy fairy and (laughs) no one's grounded and (laughs) that kind of thing um but but like i i guess i would imagine games leans more towards the kind of uh Airy fairy, which one of the pros with that is people are probably better at sharing their feelings, and you know if something's wrong they'll actually talk about it, <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah. Whereas, so I mean, I'm not saying we don't need a union. I think we definitely do. I think it's great, and when you're at a bigger company, it's probably very important. But that's possibly why we've gone this long without one, is because yeah. we're better at actually just kind of discussing it anyway. I hope
0: yeah i I think having a a union i think in games is going to be really beneficial for for that reason of what you're saying of that um um like tech and and game development um are more open like they're more transparent like as in as in the people who work within those yeah uh, more likely to feel comfortable
2: sharing and yeah
0: yeah that's that's the that's the key word more comfortable to share um
2: like this big thing i think though like this big problem like one of my friends he went for this job and like he took a day off work and he was casual so he didn't get paid for that day and he took a day off to go to this interview for a job that was like ongoing like on a longer contract and Mm. he took the day off he went to the interview and then at the interview like they didn't advertise the pay until the interview and then they told him what the pay was and Mm. it was like way less than what he was getting paid like he couldn't live on it so like he wasted all that work yeah, and I like, right. did the application and did all that and took the day off and went in for the interview. And like that just seems like a lot. Like maybe the union can make it so like should focus on having to advertise pay and like job descriptions or something. Because like that's a huge, huge outlay for people. Like.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. I yeah. look I that would be awesome, but to be honest, I don't think I've ever gone for a job that told me to pay before like even they offered me the job. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> or, mm. or or like may, maybe towards the end of the interview. Um, but how do you know if like process, you can live I've off that experience. pay? Yeah,
2: that's that's so hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I agree with you. It'd be awesome if they had it up front. But I guess it also depends if, you know, they work out you got more experience and they want to kind of reward that. But again, you know, that does open up that whole space for abuse abuse of it saying, you know, mm. oh, like, yeah, we're, we'll give you more for your experience. But, you know, they've already decided on the number and they're just <laughs> basically bringing you to the very end before yeah it,
2: so. or like people who are really good at negotiating will get more than people who are not that like because yeah you know yeah. or people who need the job too like if they get offered 60 grand or whatever and they're like well i need food they'll take the 60 grand but somebody who has maybe more money would go oh no i want more and negotiate that but feel more confident because they're not you know they're still going to have food if they don't negotiate it or do you know what i mean yeah. Like, yeah. like that that seems totally fair totally. too like
0: it's um, it's interesting as well because it, you, just listening to you both talk about this, just made me think about the conversation you had with um, uh, uh Sarah. I was about to call her Sam, uh, Sarah Brown, and she yep. said, "Um, sixty thousand tech jobs in Australia was it year on year mm-hmm. getting created?" Um, and then seeing that in the union. Uh, that covers engineering, IT, telecommunications and science so it would be more than 60,000 but goes along that thing only 18,000 are part of a union because then I was thinking you're both talking about um, interviews and things like that and how good would it be to have a union rep have to be present at every kind of interview oh wow um, yeah. mm. but then you've got s- like 60,000 in Australia and they've currently only got like eight, 18,000 union members yeah like mm. a resource they can't have, but like even like um, like secret shoppers, but for interviews. Like they tick <laughs> all the boxes. Like they're just these fake people who just ace all the requirements, and then they go in see how they interview. Because I have done some dreadful inter- even in this industry. Well, not so much this, in, you know, neighboring industries. Let's call it, and um, just like horror stories with it. Um, and as um, horror stories,
1: like you did bad, or the interviewers did bad. Uh,
0: basically, like the whole thing could have been. I was very underqualified. Yep. But the whole thing could have been avoided if they had just looked at what I had done and not called me into. Oh right, okay. Because it's similar to what Susie's saying, except they didn't get to that far. Mm-hmm. But it's me getting called into an interview, and then they go, "All right, now let's look at what you've done," and then they just tear me to shreds rather than <laughs> be like, "We're not even going to waste our time with an interview." because you don't match our things. And I, I even said to them, I was like, yeah, I know I don't, match. this came on a recommendation, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, even this, like e- even like me kind of like squirming, like trying to say this story and like really I should be like, yeah, this is the company that did it. This is how bad it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, so you were
2: still not comfortable doing yeah,
1: it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I get that though. Like you, there is a certain element of like not wanting to slander companies and stuff like that. Unless, unless you feel like you've been really wronged, but yeah, it's a it's a hard line to walk because if you really have been wronged, then you probably should be more public. Uh, but mm. but yeah, you know, you everyone who comes out with these stories and publishes journal articles and stuff, they're basically willing to pull their own name down into the mud f- for it. Yeah, <laughs> which is why people yeah, are like yeah, that's yeah. so brave and you know it's great that they've done it. And why is it taking this long? It's because well, yeah, you know, other companies may be scared to hire you if you do it um but yeah so that's another reason (laughs) to join a union so you can avoid that whole thing um uh, one correction i actually i want to make to what something i said before about so i like i said i i hadn't really been given clear figures of what i was going to get paid for any jobs i had applied for until i got offered the job however you know a few of those jobs had enterprise agreements and you know if i was smarter back then i would have read them and so those pay levels were based on the enterprise mm. agreements then so mm. it was definitely a set pay based on the roles you do um it's all kind of pre-worked out and uh yeah i that that was very nice to have i think because it it showed you like when you're going to get pay rises it's going to it basically had everything laid out what you could expect and then every year i think it was or every few years um this was in the uh, Lutheran schools sector um, they were pretty good staff could like vote on the enterprise agreements and if there were changes they wanted to be made they could kind of submit them to be reviewed um, and then there were new changes that came out as a re- result of that so yeah
0: oh, yeah did you say the schools themselves recommended the changes?
1: Uh, yeah I can't remember how exactly it works but the staff definitely had a hand in Kind of submitting oh, okay, sure. things they wanted to be changed. So That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's almost in that sense it's almost like some of these union activities were happening within the workplace itself or within mm. the governing body. So
0: yeah. Yeah, right. Um yeah, I mean it's yeah, I it, it it's so much better than I guess what it was, um already with even without the introduction of this union, so only good things I think will come from this, like I haven't heard anyone get kinda worried about it or anything like, like that. Um it seems to just be a good thing. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this unfolds. Speaking of uh unfolding <laughs> like a book. Like a like a history like book. Like a history book.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you something I've discovered this this not this morning, this weekend. Is the discovery tours by Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft? Um, okay, A, do either of you guys play Assassin's Creed, or have you played them at all?
2: I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no. the discovery tours, I know tours, still getting yeah. one <laughs> nod.
1: Yeah, uh, have you done the discovery tours, Susie?
2: Yeah, I've done the one in Egypt with the the um, where you go in the pyramids.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So I have w- just been blasting through that one today. Cool. And uh man, these are insane. So um if you've ever played Assassin's Creed, these are, you know, AAA games that are set in historical settings. Um and these st- the stories of the games are often a fictional story that kind of ties in uh historic characters and places. Um however, with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the one set in Egypt, came out 2017 or something. They they gave away a free DLC which was called Discovery Tour and basically what it is is it takes out all the fighting, uh, all the kind of the gamified bits and all the fiction, and you have essentially narrated like it's like museum tours but you can actually just explore through the open world, uh, warp anywhere, kind of explore everything you want, Um, and they've then because it was uh, surprisingly successful. Uh, Then they did it for the next one which was uh, Odyssey which is set in ancient Greece and then they've done it again for Valhalla which is set in kind of uh, Viking Norway and uh, England at the time. Um, Now the three of them take slightly different approaches but uh, what they do is, yeah, like I said, it basically lets you explore as much as you want and it gives you a lot of historic information Um, and it sounds like they work closely with like... um, professional historians um, and a number of them uh, in all of them. And yeah, I have found it absolutely fascinating. I I have not learned this much about history (laughs) or civilizations so engagingly or so quickly as I have uh, just playing through these uh, this weekend. So I highly recommend it. Um, But I guess on that, it's it's made me think a bit about uh, educational games and wanted to ask you guys uh, whether you've had any good experiences with other educational games or seen anything that uh, you've, you've found has been a real uh, good uh, use of the medium. So. Mm. Educational as in...
0: The, the one that comes to mind with me is... Um, it was a DOS game um i don't know if you if you both had it installed on your school computers um incredible machine I think oh yeah it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was yep. it was like what do you call those uh yeah those machines? Name. it's named after a person
1: look look at any a, um, uh music video by the okay go <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um what do you what do you call those machines whether it's like you, you see the youtube videos of people hooking up their kitchen to like pop a piece of toast by you know they drop a ping pong ball when <laughs> it goes along a uh you know a, some pipe cleaners and then it goes down some swirly thing uh, and then it rube goldberg machine what rube goldberg machine Ooh. the game is yeah you can basically play it online i think through those like rom uh feel like emulators of dos but it was just a simple it was it was pretty for the time like <laughs> just a 2d yeah I don't know, it, it took, like, looking at it now, it's like, what what could you learn from this? I don't know, it kind of just, but not educational from, like, the... Um,
1: it was problem solving. <sighs> and It, it was and problem it was solving, like, that's the, that's the word. I mean, I love it. You say educational, but yeah, I remember because you could like put, was it like hamster wheels inside a cage and then you had it. So if a bowling ball dropped on it, then they would start running and that that would turn on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. was it a hamster It it became a saucer.
2: Like animated hamster. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it sounds real violent, but it's not. It's just like, we're talking like old games where, you know, just things collided into each other and started happening. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, like you'd have like a pair of scissors just like hovering in suspended animation that would just open and if and there's a rope going between the, um, I don't know what you call it, oh, the scissors, not the teeth, but whatever, the, the sharp parts of the scissors and if you dropped a bowling ball, the same bowling ball on top of the scissors, it would make it close and the balloon would <laughs> float up and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's that's the educational game I think of.
1: Um, oh, there's a whole series of yeah. them. The Incredible Machine, and then even more Incredible Machine. Then number two and number three. Return of the Incredible Machine, Contraptions. The Incredible Machine, (laughs) even more Contraptions. I think I need to get get one of these. The Incredible Machine Mega Pack. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Um. If they start going 3D, I'm out.
2: It's like like 3D pinball. uh, Age of
0: Empire. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. It's like Age of Empires, The Sims. It was good when it was 2D, and then when it came 3D, it was. It lost uh, its charm. You can't you
2: can't <laughs> speak negatively of the Sims.
0: <laughs> I know. Look, I, I still love Sims three and Sims Two, but Sims One mm, just so upwards. simple. Just that two D uh what existed outside those grey bounds. We didn't know. <laughs> All we knew is we called Mortimer McGuff, and he would pop up right there. <laughs> oh, there
2: is so much narrative around the goths. And like Bella and how she disappears on the aliens and the... In the second one? like that's just... That's heartbreaking, that whole story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We weren't talking about that. We were talking about educational games. Yes. (laughs) I do happen to have a PhD in the area, believe it or not.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, All right, Susie, what's your professional opinion then?
2: (laughs) Um, I think all games teach us something, right? So I'd say all Mm. games are somewhat educational, right? Because we're learning something new, like in every game. Like even if you look at, like I gave this talk to like these school principals about like why they should let kids play games in the classroom, and they were all like, Ooh, games is bad." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, like I just picked a game, and at the time it was um, Old Republic, because as we all know, I spent too much of my life in Old Republic. <laughs> so I just took Old Republic and like just went through player experience and all the things that you were learning throughout that, right? And then I tied it to the Australian curriculum. Which is what they teach kids in school, and there's heaps. So like, like just from memory, like the biggest one was um, reading comprehension, right? Which is like what they teach in schools, which is like read something and then you have to say what it like meant, like interpret that into actions, and like that's what a quest log is, right? Hey, here's a quest. Mm. Now do it, right? So you literally like yeah, yeah, read yeah. the text and then you start doing the thing. So you're comprehending the text and applying it. And then you have to use a map to get to where you need to go in the quest. So you're following a map. You're looking at the coordinates. You're looking at the north, south, east, west thing, whatever that's called. I forgot, right? So and then you're you're choosing a path. A compass. Yeah, a compass. That thing. <laughs> and then you're making it's decisions. It's compass, Doctor Susie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maths. Well, obviously, the match. games need to be
1: explicit about the compass <laughs> to yes, teach please, them. Yes, please, please say.
2: <laughs> use the compass. But that's, like, the Australian <laughs> curriculum, which clearly I need to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel bad for calling you out. No, no,
2: no, so no please sorry. do. Geography or whatever it's called with the, the maps. Look, look, I totally failed to that PhD. in school, yeah. <laughs> it was certainly not. <laughs> and then there's, like, um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. So as well as that, there's, like, making decisions, right? Like, do I go left or right? What are the consequences of each of those decisions? thinking ahead, how much ammo do I have? Do I need to get more before I go to the boss? Then working with others, right? Collaboration, because, mm. you know, we're doing, like, what if we need three people to beat that boss? We've got to find three people. We've got to talk to them. Like, basically everything you can tie into Australian curriculum, right? So, like, we're learning from everything. And there's also this other really cool thing. I won't talk about it too much, but there's this thing called stealth assessment. Um, and it's really big in games. And it's basically, like, We teach you a thing, and then, like, in the traditional sense, in schools, we'll assess you by, like, what is 2 plus 2? We've told you this, and then we expect you to tell us back, right? (laughs) But in a game, it'll get you to apply it rather than just repeating it by rote. So the stealth assessment is, like, we're assessing that, but it's, like, hidden. So it's like in Mario Mm. when you, like, you destroy villains by jumping on them, right? But then you get to Bowser. And how do you just destroy Bowser? You still jump on him, but you jump on him a bunch of times, right? And it's harder because he's moving faster. So it's like,
1: we taught you to jump on the
2: dudes, but now you're applying that and showing us like in a test how to do it. Mm.
0: That's a good point because like from a game's point of view, they'd be like, if we showed you how to do everything, the tutorial would take forever. Where basically what you're saying is school is basically just a giant tutorial level. Yeah, <laughs> But it only applies to, there is no Bowser in it. It's just saying, this is how you jump on all the enemies and then you go out in the real world and your first day, they're like, okay, cool, jump on Bowser.
2: Exactly, right? And like, plus who wants to do that? Yeah. Like, who wants to just remember it? Like, how hard, it's so much harder to remember it just to repeat it yeah. than it is to apply it.
1: Definitely the application yeah. is so important there. Mm. Yeah. Hey, that just reminds me, so I remember being in primary school and, Going to having a spelling test and one of the words was flare, I think it was. And it's like I knew how to spell it because it was the name of a move in Pokemon (laughs) and so I had like had to learn how to read it while playing Pokemon and I love it.
2: Look at that, see? In practice.
1: (laughs) It's it's
0: such a chicken and egg thing, right? Because like the comprehension skills you would need to um play a game you think would be taught. Traditionally, in school, kind of, you know, like being able to read and, and follow things and stuff like that. That's what I was about to say. And then when you're saying that, like you learned how to spell flare because of a video game, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder why isn't the whole process game of playing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well they're true. trying to. Right. A lot,
2: there's a lot yeah. of push for it. Yeah. There's a lot of push for it. And mm-hmm. like if you take my, my son, right, like he didn't want to learn to read. He thought it was boring. He didn't want to learn to read, but he really wanted to play Undertale,
1: right? Oh, nice. No. So uh, I'm not kidding. He
2: learned to read because he played Undertale. Like, even when he wasn't playing Undertale, he was like, I was like, are you going to read a book? And he was like, yeah, because then I'll get better at playing Undertale.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's wow. Like, that's the I only
2: reason that. he learned to read. Like,
0: <laughs> the flower didn't freak him out.
2: Yeah, that the flower freaks me out more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. He's a brave kid. You've you got
1: to get him playing uh, Maths Invaders. I don't know if you guys ever oh, played that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Space Invaders where you had to type in the answers to <laughs> calculations <Yeah>. to shoot. <laughs>
0: I had this one, oh, fudge, I'm not gonna remember what it was called. I'm pretty sure it was a DOS style game as well. Um, it was Math Ace is what it was called, right? And the spleen, was spleen, <laughs> good job. <laughs> the screen was split in half and on the left half, you'd have all these, why didn't I think of this before? You had all these, um, it was just like an empty yellow screen, right? That would get populated with questions. But on the right side of the screen was a it was like a motherboard. It was like a, like a computer chip. It was just a grid of computer chips on a green board. And a virus it, it looked like a green snake thing, right? It would just spawn on one of those things and would kind of just like hover around and if you left it too long, um, it would move to the next chip and start chomping at it. and <laughs> it would make this like real like distorted <laughs> sound. And like you had to stop it from getting to the outside of the chip. That's right, otherwise it would infect the computer. So what you'd have to do is select the microchips around it and build a wall around it of robots, these blue robots. And you could only do that by answering math questions. And that's how... I learned about um greater than or less than. Right. Yeah. Um it's how I learned about so many things like way above that I was meant to learn, mm-hmm. but I could only do it through that thing. Um learning what quadrants, like it's still things in my to this day of like if now I'm like actually programming, um if I think greater than or less than, I think of that game or when I think of what quadrant, you know, what what order quadrants go in and things like that. It was it was all in there. Of course, the game was also, I had the actual legit version, but the game was buggy and just wouldn't display the um, uh, answers sometimes. So it would just tell you to pick the box and it would just be <laughs> these like empty buttons. And you, would, a lot of the game was just guessing <laughs> what should have <laughs> been in that box. Um, this sounds like
2: Bodhi's Basics, that was a man. Game. Like, <laughs> maybe that was the prototype <laughs> for Bodhi's Basics.
0: <laughs> oh my God, yeah. It was so good. It was so much fun. Like I would actually spend my Saturdays playing that. You have unlocked a core memory.
2: <laughs> Look at that. That's legit core memory. I love it. <laughs> What was that Man, called? Math... I think so it was good.
0: called Math... Math... Ace. So, I mean... I mean, yeah, this without video games, I wouldn't know that dinosaurs are dicks if it wasn't for Turok.
1: So, I guess, in some ways, this is like, not to put more pressure on game developers, but in some ways, it's like, it's worth knowing that, all right, people are going to engage with your games and so, there's almost a... Responsibility is too strong a word, but just know that what you put in there, people will learn about because <laughs> they want to play it. So yeah, and it's that's a good like, opportunity there for you to yeah, put to do like, quality yeah. information in there.
2: Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, like that's my PhD, but like also even just things like Hypnosis, like, which is a platformer. And then like through the narrative, I, like I put in that stuff about like global warming, like, so it's really yep. subtle, yep. but it's oh, like, yeah. you know, the, the earth, like we need to maintain the earth, the water supply, what's happening, what could be the result of that and stuff. Like even just little messages like that, like they mean stuff to us, right? Like as developers, we don't just put in something for no reason. Like it, it means something to us and that means something to our players, yeah. hopefully.
1: Did you want to yeah. mention, Susie, a bit about uh, the game that your PhD was actually made as part of your PhD? Because I guess from my understanding of the game, that's not direct like teaching but it's experiential teaching yeah yeah
2: so that's like a perspectives thing so like in um hannah you play as a friend of hannah and she's experiencing domestic violence and like when she talks to you you indirectly learn some of the things that people experience when they're going through domestic violence or like some of the challenges that they face just just through talking to her and again like with lots of games that you play like that perspective and that experience is like super important Right, Because like you know like how do we know what it's like to be a Jedi like <laughs> how do we know what it's like yeah, to, yeah. to you know do, do anything like to, to be any of these things is because we've played games right like my friend he has this tattoo and it says, "I've lived a thousand lives and it's got a controller on it."
1: <laughs> uh, <that's Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but like you have right Like you've, you've, you've been so many people like you've done so many things
1: yeah, totally. done that. yeah. A very good point
2: what's it, the best thing the you've things- been in a game, John <laughs>
1: Me yeah. uh it, look it depends when you ask me like i said I, i'm excited about these discovery tours at the moment so <laughs> mm-hmm. i've uh no I, like cause, i mean right now the one i'm playing through mainly is the egypt one and like learning so much about the culture there that just i uh, hasn't come through a lot of the kind of uh mainstream media that we see so you kind of get a quite 2d image of egyptian culture from like Watching the Mummy, <laughs> for, for example, <laughs> and uh, a lot of other things, but um, yeah, look, not having. Tomb of
0: Amon Ra. <laughs> yeah, <and> not <laughs> that's the, oh that taught me something. I, I that was another core cool
1: memory you've just unlocked. <laughs> that, I, I didn't even look. Look, I'm not saying it's not good. It's definitely it's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a gateway in. And look, I haven't played the actual the mummy, game the Assassin's drop. Creed Origins, uh, but playing the <laughs> uh, discovery to it, yeah, like seriously, um, learning about you know they they talk about how often we see their culture as obsessed with death because a lot of the monuments that have survived are like tombs and the great pyramids were like tombs essentially but they're actually from their perspective it was it's kind of a celebration of life and the continuation of life um, and then you like you learn about like the whole social system there and the economic system right down to how you know they all drank Beer and made beer and bread all the time and like adults and kids would have a have beer with every meal oh my god and then they go into like hieroglyphics and how they were found and discovered and then um how they how modern uh archaeologists managed to work them out and it's just like yes seriously like the the depth of kind of understanding it's giving me there is more than I've ever gotten from like a museum or anything like that. So it's mm-hmm. like a museum on steroids, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, because so.
2: you're in it, right? You're in yeah. the experience. You're not just looking at. Yeah. it. You're not passive. You're you're actually like yeah you're exactly active in that exactly
1: know. yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm personally excited to see more of that kind of stuff. Um, that's
0: such a good point.
1: And it's like I, I like I haven't read the backstory of how it was made and whose idea it was, but I'm wondering whether it's almost like they've been making these. Assassin's Creed games which are triple A and they've been highly successful so they now have the money from that to actually put into these kind of side projects which are uh, like paying historians and paying like people to actually put in the time to make quality triple A experiences that are educational as well
0: so Monkey Stack just developed a game uh, no not a game sorry it's a VR like experience I'm pretty sure Um, called I think it's called Thin Ice and it's about um, like Shackleton and Dawson's um, expedition to the South Pole. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, like I got super excited because that's, I think a lot of, I think I'm going to guess all Australian classes cover that around year six, like the uh, the Antarctic expedition and the people who didn't make it and did make it. And then the museum, the adelaide south australian museum mm. on their top floor i think they still have it like the whole floor is decked out as a, a tribute to that yeah you got and the wall it, of ice you can stick your hand in <laughs> the wall of ice yeah love and it. suddenly it becomes interactive yeah. this thing i'm learning in school it's now interactive and like it made me care about it where in reality if, if it was just like any other day they're like here is some explorers that went to the south Pole. Be like oh that's stupid yeah, so all right what else happened that
1: is awesome and i would love to see like that as a game because like I was honestly I was talking to my partner today about how Australian history seems boring and I I have this strong feeling it's not it's just so much of what gets taught is not taught well yeah. kind of thing. I mean I personally was never taught about the expedition in primary school or whatever but my uh, my great auntie I think it was, was she had uh, Douglas Mawson as one of her lecturers at Adelaide Uni Back wow. in the Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so, you know, like, distant connection there, but this was a real thing that came from Adelaide. Um yeah. You know, one of the big first expeditions to Antarctica and map it out, you know. That's, yeah. that's the kind of history that needs to be passed on. I, um, I
0: made some, like, odd Burke and Wills joke a few weeks ago to one of my friends. And he was like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, and wills, like, Yeah, seriously. Do you know so wills I, I mm-hmm. hadn't
1: heard of them until today. But my partner was telling me. Wow. She had weird heard commentary. about them on another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, right. Wow. Cause, and I only remember that. Because
0: I remember there was... they. <sighs> yeah, what did they do, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> what did they do? They um they got a the car and drove from here to Melbourne and... They came back. Wait, really? No. Nah, they um, <laughs> they mapped out. Uh, wow, I make history they, it, every year. <laughs> 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 they um, uh, yeah, and, and you know, yeah. To give perspective to explorers, have you ever done um, like lofty trail and just gone like, oh, I'm gonna go off track <laughs> for like five bits and immediately like roll your ankle, <laughs> like exactly. it's that, but every five
1: <laughs> seconds, that's what these explorers are. <laughs> there is no track (laughs) i like the the thought that you managed to find an undiscovered track on mount lofty alex (laughs) oh my
0: god yeah there's always like oh look it's a shortcut we'll just jump through here and it's just covered in like thorny bushes and everyone yeah yeah everyone's walking faster than you um (laughs) no birken wheels they did the uh they i think they walked from victoria to the top of the northern territory and then Back, Yeah, right. I don't know if they made it back. One of them did, I think. One of them did and one of them didn't or something like
2: that?
0: One of them, yeah. yeah. He was like, leave me by the tree or something like that. I don't know if it was someone on their expedition as well, but they found the skull and it was like been hit with like a saber. Like that wasn't what killed him. It was something like he was smuggling flour because he was like sick and was trying to like block himself up. It's like always like interesting... Stories from it, but yeah, if it's it's just going
1: on untold. Mm. Yeah. I mean I'm I like I'm just quickly reading through an article about them. Uh and everything love, that and I, we thought is
2: is false. <laughs> no, no, like <laughs> yeah.
1: they're uh, it, they're very polite about uh you know how you said it, they died at a tree. The title of that bit is Miss Chance at the Dig Tree <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Like they were slightly unlucky. Um and then they they tried to reach a station at Mount Hopeless. I mean like there Mount is a we have a Mount Hopeless here in Australia why are we not taught about that a, there's a story behind
2: that
0: <laughs> yeah surely it was named Mount Hopeless after that otherwise I'd be like let's avoid Mount
1: Hopeless that sounds
2: awful it's like going to Mount Dune and like yeah no yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't, look I don't know this is a whole other rant but look, I feel like the only thing about Australian history I was taught was about Ned Kelly and it's like it, it, if the best thing from our history is someone that was like Against the law and you know shot a few policemen, you know had some a few cool things to say, but it's like surely we've got some better history than that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's amazing indigenous history, but I wasn't taught any of that in like high school. Like, I mean, I only did high school in Australia. Primary school I did in England, but like my high school was like you know, is it you know Captain Cook, Captain Cook, Ned Kelly, the end. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you missed a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot
2: more to it.
0: Mm. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. Do you reckon they were just like not very forthcoming with the history? And that's why they wouldn't talk
1: about it? In some cases, yes. But I mean, Mm. I can't speak for the indigenous communities, obviously. But I would imagine there would be people out there that would be happy to have some of that history gamified or at least certain aspects they want to share i don't yeah well that yeah, was um
2: i didn't honest my honest project was with the indigenous community in the northern territory and we made a game that was like um things that the community wanted their kids to learn and then things that the school wanted the kids to learn like tied together
1: that's awesome yeah. and it can, was can like we find that susie
2: uh no it's not live <laughs> Uh, it was so, like So yeah. this is what we need live. <laughs> Sorry, it's like it was like community <laughs> only. It wasn't like like yeah. public. But, oh, okay.
1: Um, so it was for private use then. Yeah, but it was like yeah, okay. um, that makes traditional
2: sense. stories because like um, the community taught their kids through their stories. Yeah. So mm. like there was a story about, um, and I got permission to show the story for the game, but it was a story about like a snake that drank all the water, mm. and it's about um, like. Uh, like global warming and like the changes in seasons and things like that. About how like what will happen when all the water dries up? Why you need to look after it because the snake might drink it and it might all go. Yeah,
1: right.
2: So. Is wow. that the one
0: you have to make it? They make the snake laugh or there was another. I, oh I yeah, I are talking about that. Yeah, the it.
2: frog, the frog that you make that. That's Tidlick, I think. Is that right?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, from yeah. a
2: different community, but um.
1: Right. Yeah. Of course it is. Similar yeah, idea.
2: Sorry. That's a pretty cool idea. But like, I love that idea that you take through the stories because like, again, it's like how we were saying you learn better from games. You're going to learn, I'm going to learn way better from the story than I am from just being told, Oh, the water dries up. Like, <laughs> well,
0: they, that there's a, I feel like the point to that is, um, I don't know. remember where I read this, but that in the span of like human history, We've only been reading for like a pinprick at the end, but we've been talking the entire time. Yep. So yep. stories are be- stories better passed. Like we we're just better listeners than we are readers. Um, it just comes like am well, That's a blanket statement, but most people are better listeners than readers because it comes more naturally to us, just because we're evolved that way or something. Mm,
2: and drawing too, yeah, hey, right. like cave paintings and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Like literacy is only, is not very old considering human history, you know? Especially (laughs) widespread
1: literacy. So like having uh, like the common person being able to read and write is only quite recent (laughs) and being able to bank on that. yeah. Which is why it's it's interesting if you look at like a lot of, uh, I say ancient or like quite old written stories, you have to remember that to write something down was incredibly, like it had to be incredibly important basically mm. because uh, depending on the culture yeah because before it that it was all oral which then as well that's when you take into account like a lot of like really old stories can seem quite symbolic and or like very uh, poetic and stuff and that's often mm. because they had to be remembered and retold generation after generation
0: so and if you tell something too interesting Christian
1: Church would like to know your location and then they burn the library down and then you get the Dark Ages. <laughs> Which the Dark Ages, apparently, misconception, didn't actually happen. Alright, no. oh, no. I'm going to link you guys to a, yeah, Wikipedia article I found the other night. Uh List of misconceptions. Well, here we but, go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, look, I obviously I'm not an expert on this, but Dark Ages, I suspect, was a sort of period of time at a certain location Um like, namely, probably England or certain parts of England, but you know, other parts of the world were having like a rena- Renaissance at the same time and they're in, <laughs> having huge scientific discoveries and everything. And yeah, there, there is a lot that we get taught in school <laughs> that mm-hmm. is either not quite true or you know, slightly off. So, yeah, it's very wow. perspective
2: based, isn't it? Like, yeah, you
1: know, like yeah. that. Um, you know, who
2: writes history, the winners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Anyway, should bring this back to games. As fascinating as this all is, we do need to yeah, we a, do need to have a spin off podcast sometime. <laughs> 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 um, here's a here's our question guys. One of Lie our questions bullshit. is if we did a spin off podcast that wasn't exactly about games, what would you want it to be about? Literature, history, fashion. <laughs> uh, just Susie playing ukulele for an hour and a half. Um, yeah. Give us, your <laughs> give us your suggestions.
2: What about uh, a mystery science theater thing where we just watch movies and say funny stuff <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great.
1: Um, all right, but I'll hand over to Susie for the next article. Susie, um, something about leaked documents.
2: Yeah, leaked Ooh. documents that we have to decode with our super crypt decrypting software (laughs) Um, no not really it was just on it was just on twitter but um uh there were some leaked documents (laughs) suggesting that twitch is thinking of moving its revenue split to 50 50 instead of 70 30 um but already yeah apparently only the biggest i had to look into this because i don't know but apparently only the biggest streamers get 70 already um most of them most streamers get 50 50 Um, And it's not publicly released how much people get. um, And people have to sign an NDA when they start partnering with Twitch. Um, But I found an article where a content creator named Harris Heller says that to get 70-30, Twitch streamers have to maintain a thousand average subscribers for a couple of months. Um, So yeah, so it's already like, it's I guess pretty big streamers who are getting that 70-30. Do you guys think that if, like, they dropped that, people would go? And also, do you think that that affects people who are career streamers? Like, do you think they wouldn't consider... Or they couldn't be career yeah. streamers anymore? Like?
1: This is interesting because you, you read the first bit and you go, dropping from 70% to the creator to 50%. And you go, wow, they're taking away our money. But then you read the second bit about how most people are already 50-50. Mm. But then the top ones are 70 And you go Oh wow They're actually making it Balanced for everyone <laughs> so, um, Well that's
0: the thing Like Why did it Why is it um, Like how is that not The other way around Like how is it not
1: Yeah
0: Like it's like the opposite Of how taxes work right The rich get taxed more And the poor don't Because they don't have The money to tax It's like why do they take More from the people who don't have the money than the people who clearly do have the money I wonder it's because
2: like, they
1: bring more people to the platform yeah i think it's that
2: well. na- and i think it's too also like encouraging like oh look at you you're making heaps of people to the platform you yeah. can make this full time like make more videos make more content like but if, if you think Ooh. about it like imagine if ninja goes right like ninja says i don't want 50 50 i want 70 and ninja goes to i don't know Facebook gaming or mixer or whatever. It's I think called. he did leave, didn't he? Yeah, but he came yeah. back right I, before I, this. I
1: heard. Uh. I heard that Ninja died from uh, disease. It was li- what li- <laughs> was it? it. Sorry, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> 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 we're resurrecting long dead memes.
2: <laughs> but like seriously though, like if if like I don't know, like does this just seem a bit like? Bezos space, like, I don't know, like, do they need <laughs> Wait, more money at
1: this Bezos point? Space? Eh. Wait, do uh, Amazon own Twitch, don't Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I guess it is Bezos <laughs> space then. Mm. Yeah. Um, he needs to go got to space a lot of things. or
2: something, like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, this is all to fund him going to space. <laughs> There's a lot of weird things tied up with the Amazon thing. Like, you can get the one Amazon account and it covers you for Amazon Prime, amazon uh sorry yeah, twitch prime amazon prime like it, and it's cheaper than all the other things and then they just aren't paying people properly not properly because they're paying them properly because they're agreeing to it but it's not
2: mm. a
0: fair agreement yeah i, I wouldn't think <sighs> that's a hard one because mm. um, I, I don't know the numbers and stuff like that but I mean, yeah, why do they need 50% of a... And then it's it's the rules around it as well of like how you access certain things. So ad revenue, you can only... They will make money off of your platform, um, you know, selling ad space, but they're only going to pay it to you once you hit $100. Um, oh, that's like a Roblox. Thing. And depending on how much... Yeah, and depending how much they charge, they pay out for ads. Let's just say this. Booleans, you know, we've we've got our we've got a like a good audience um, base, but the platform we use, let's just say for the two years we've been running, um, and they're saying a hundred dollars is an ad payout. If we ran ads on this, we wouldn't have gotten a payout yet.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're, we're we're doing okay, you know, with that with our audience yeah. base. Like the fact though that they're saying, you know, here uh, for two years
1: you could be advertising and never see any money from it. Do, do you guys remember a couple episodes back we are talking about Meta and how they're going to take a 45% cut on NFT? Mm. 47. And we were like, that is disgusting. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, finding out that Twitch takes a 50% cut, that's yeah. far out.
0: It's a, it's a weird thing because it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Because it's yeah. like they don't get any, the, the streamers don't get anything without the platform and the platform can't get anything without the streamers.
1: Yep but there's more
2: options for streamers right like they could go somewhere else it seems but probably it, it, yeah. YouTube's probably the only big one yeah could you really like is is it just so huge now that like there is nothing else like is it a Microsoft situation the, now like
1: the, well there should be others I mean you, YouTube would be probably the viable option other option mm. I don't know what they pay though um, so it is interesting yeah 50-50 split yeah, that does kind of reek of like a monopoly situation I agree with you like mm. if there was good competition there there is no way you could get away with offering 50% cut so yeah and like
2: people should be able to be career streamers right like there should be a viable option like if that's taking that away as an actual possibility for a career that's worrying like
1: yeah has there been anyone come out in support of this do we know
0: uh Mr. J Bezos oh, okay. <laughs> What did he have to say? Jeffrey
2: Bezos.
1: <laughs> Got the double thumbs up.
2: <laughs>
1: um cuz I had no idea if like if I had even just heard that they took the 50%. Um that's a news article in itself.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: YouTube does something is it YouTube? Yeah, YouTube cuz now YouTube's you know really getting into the
2: YouTube gaming space. thing
0: yeah. Yep. yeah they do a similar split I think they do a 70-30 or 80-20 um, split on the donations uh, yep. um, no no the donations I think are paid outright. no hang on now I get myself confused Twitch the donations you get 100% of I do you get given direct do- yeah so if right. I'm watching your stream and I say I want to donate to John you will get 100% of that. Right, so um, okay,
1: so on Twitch your money comes from donations essentially and then is supported mildly by adverts.
0: Yeah, which makes sense cuz uh, the streamers I watch, you hear them thank the audience for the donations. Yeah. Um they make a lot of at least the streamers I watch, they make they get a lot of donations and I think it's probably the audience f- figuring out that the subscription is not worth it to the streamer. You they know. also get uh I think you get a five percent cut of game sales if you I might be making that number no 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 it you do you get a five percent cut of if you're if you're streaming moving out um uh, and then someone buys moving out because of a link on your page, you get five percent of the sale of moving out oh
1: okay, mm. yeah, right, so that whole kind of like economy there starts making more sense when you look at all the different cash flows. I think so, yeah, but
0: then I still don't know the whole... But do they
2: take a cut of that? I don't know enough. Yeah.
0: yeah, are they taking 20% or something? Um, it's a weird... It's an interesting one, and it, it raises a lot of questions. Things tech like this, old tech, not even tech, just old things seem to reach a Goldilocks period, and then it gets too big, and then it's... They've all done it. like Yeah, know, like when YouTube Netflix, before it. it had
2: ads and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's There's legitimately a Goldilocks period and you're like, this is the good time. Like streaming, streaming platforms in Australia, right? Like you had Netflix and you had not much else. You just had that. And then once the other companies catch on and they go, oh, you know what? We can get in on this. Like, and we have so many streaming services to make up for the quality of just American Netflix or you just get a VPN. Um, <laughs> but if you don't want to go down that route, you have to buy all these different streaming packages. And yeah, the Goldilocks period of streaming is over. And that's why you find more people going back to uTorrent and things like that because they can't afford... Because the streaming was meant to be taking away from like Foxtel yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then all they did was just become a giant Foxtel. Yeah, with so the ads, yeah. The same thing happens again. yeah. And then something spawns out of that and something new and innovative. So, you know, like, um, uh, and I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but everyone has the ability to create their own chat room right now, right? Like just say if you didn't like Messenger, whatever, as long as you have a server um, and, and that's only a server for your benefit, you can use, you know, Google servers or whoever else's servers and you use a JavaScript plugin called Socket.io. You can create your own chat room in five minutes, like completely from scratch. Just yep. sub, 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 whatever the word is, go around it, <laughs> um, because the technology is there. Like we, we, we were a barnacle on this ship long enough that we can now. It has the tech that we can make our own thing. I wonder if we'll start seeing that with streaming, right? Like, um, just the ability more to privatize your own stream service. You know, so like. I tune into channel Susie because I know that she streams content that I like. You know, I don't need Twitch. Twitch is just the middle person. That that Um, brings up
1: that whole thing though of like if everyone's got their own streaming platform, essentially, then you know it kind of it's it's too hard, too many options again. mm, Whereas, well, I guess what you're essentially getting with Twitch and YouTube is like a centralized platform and recommendation algorithm which brings you mm. new stuff. Same same thing with Spotify, I guess, and any anything that uses a strong recommendation algorithm, that's what you're essentially there for, is to discover new cool content. And that feels like the the
0: cyclical part of it. Yep. The um because everyone then decentralizes, right? They go, oh, I'm going to stream my own thing, you know? Yep. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. And then they go, ah, oh, it's too complicated. Let's just bunch them back
1: up together again. And then you're like, didn't this happen 40 years?
0: Didn't we already have trams that ran down North
1: Terrace? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's right. I remember someone was talking about they should invent like a website where it subs- you, you pay one subscription fee and then it subscribes to like all the different videos streaming websites like Netflix, Stan, everything. Um, and then you can watch everything again. So it's just kind of like lump them all together again. Just and make so another fox You just add like layers or layers, and it gets more and more meta. Of where, just where you have this one subscription yeah. to get all access.
0: That would that would so work because it's so convenient. That's what our generation's all about. It's all about convenience. Mm. Yep. I have this theory that um, uh, oh, this is deep down, and this is no longer. <laughs> 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 but it's along Let's that hear it. line Why not? Right? for this episode. <laughs> yeah, for this episode, uh, the idea that um, I think you know how they're talking about you know our generation, the young generation. It's it's going to be um, it's getting harder to buy a house, right? So I think they'll change what it means to... Again, I say they. They is the great calling sign of any kind of conspiracy theory because you don't have to point facts. <laughs> the, you don't the, have to say who. The Illuminati themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think they're going to change what it means to have a house, right? Because, you know, I don't really go for conspiracy theories, but the one that I could make up and could believe is the idea of shipping container houses, right? Yep. Where they go, if I go you know, they've literally sold us on the idea of us living in things that used to have furniture in it, you know, and, but we go, oh, but they look so cool. I'm like, yeah, see, they've convinced you that you don't want a house, you want a shipping container, right? So if you explore that idea further and they go, all right, well, you're not going to be able to afford houses. So let's change what it means to live, right? So instead of calling it renting, you're now buying a subscription to say Amazon quarters, right? And Amazon just have a stack of apartments that are just modular you pay for the service you want. All your washing's done communally, or whatever, like that. Um, so you don't have to pay for electricity. You don't have to pay for rent. You don't have to pay for food. You don't have to pay for washing. It's all just one subscription. Yep. Like yep. they would sell us on that so easily, right? But it's still renting. It's even worse because you lose choice. But they go. But you need a company big enough with the collateral, right? So it'd be like Meta Housing, or it'd be Amazon Housing, or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, you're paying for the convenience there, so then you don't have to worry about that stuff. You can yeah. focus on. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually probably a pretty good idea. I know, like, it's it's uh, scary if it's, like, one company owns all that, but... It but it, <laughs> it, it's bad it's idea. It's, it's it's
0: selling it of what it is. It's, like, I, but you don't need a house. Like, what do you need land for? What do you need a yard for? Like, we'll just take care of it. Or like, yeah. Sorry, this went so far away from games. <laughs> I don't know how we got onto this.
1: Subscription services. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Xbox Game well, Pass. Yeah, so I tell you where go. that is <laughs> relevant to games is that uh, as as games get better and stuff, people spend more time in virtual worlds. Something like that probably is more viable because they go. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's healthy, but <laughs> more viable than that, people are willing to live in yeah. a shipping container because like they get thing, their Exploration that, elsewhere.
2: I think it was Alex that was telling, talking on the podcast a while back about how um people who live in like big apartments and countries with small houses used the mm. the um Oculus cinema thing like cuz it feels like the going to the cinema s- and the yeah. lounge. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: cuz they can't access the cinema and they don't have like big screen TVs on these living rooms they don't have they live in the their unit it's like in Japan I know it's big in Japan cuz their bedroom their, their bedroom is their flat basically you know. Yeah. So that's they just true. sit in there and they've they're in this giant and there's like this, the hum of like the air conditioner you know, <laughs> and, that, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's exactly that. They
1: they they say on it. I love that there's a simulated hum of an air conditioner. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's that's like, stuff like works. loud enough that it interrupts the movie that you're trying to watch. Yeah. Just so you have that experience. I hope
2: they've got an obnoxious guy in the back being like, oh, come on. <laughs> I know yeah. what happens next. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you done those those virtual cinemas? Oh, with, with the, all the other people in like uh, VR chat. Yeah, yeah, I, I love those where you're like you're watching a movie and you like look to your side and someone's just staring at you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is. I like to think that we're both just looking at each other, yeah, like, probably. are we really doing this?
1: <laughs> like, I didn't. And then here, you can throw I stuff at the movie, screen. I would go to Netflix <laughs> or something. Yeah.
2: I don't like oh that idea. God. That's really putting. Like, I have no interest in that at all now. Like, you've completely yeah,
0: killed that for it's, me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's not a thing here that much, but in America and especially in lockdown, I, I heard a lot of people getting into it. Um, VR chat, they love it over there, and it provides a huge opportunity for um, this is this pre-meta, um, but it provides the opportunity for content creators to make. Avatars for people, yeah. Yeah. so stories of people contracting out. I want this specific character or something like that. But it's big over there. They they can go anywhere. They'll they'll generate bars. They'll generate you know, pool holes, like whatever, and just talk to randoms for the night. Um, it's it's you know our quiv- we had the the chat room that was all black and then it had the rainbow colored text for each different line or
1: whatever, it was. <laughs> and like it's like
0: the new version of that you know
1: yeah and i mean there's been oh, i don't know if you guys remember there was imvu it was a virtual chat mm. I think oh, was yeah. specifically for dating or something i just remember the banner adverts when i was in high school and uh <laughs> there was um uh second life second life was yeah. big and like hubbo
2: hotel well. that was like Haber the hotel, imvu i yeah. think yeah
1: yeah uh, all the kind of i had ones. yeah
0: Ah, Skype had one I forgot what it was called You had little avatars And deck out your apartment It was very 2007 Wow <laughs> Speaking of
1: Tangent guys Alright I'm going to steal this news From another podcast I was listening to <laughs> uh, Which is Cyber by Vice Go check it out um, Apparently Did you guys ever play Club Penguin? No. Uh, but No I did I did Sorry I did yeah. uh, that- <laughs> It's cute, cute, cute little MMO Where you're a penguin Just 2D uh-huh. Uh, there's this conspiracy about an iceberg that you could flip if everyone stood on one side of it, which was not true. And the developers started banning people who had tried doing it because everyone was doing it. Um, <laughs> anyway, whole thing got shut down after it was bought by Disney. I think uh, people have booted it up, back up, and made pirate, uh, pirate like private servers for it. And I'm pretty sure like Disney's come after them hard because <laughs> oh it's like oh God. copyright infringement and stuff. Yeah.
2: That's so sad. If you're not if using you the IP, it? like let yeah. someone else.
1: It sucks. Yeah, I know. Oh, maybe they've got plans to make a live action movie out of Club Penguin or something. Oh, you know they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It'll be it'll be aimed at kids who weren't even See that needs to be an adult movie. That that's why it can't be a Disney movie. Because it's going to be aimed at kids who weren't alive
1: to see oh, yeah, Club sorry. Penguin and they're going to have no context about what yeah. that is. But or, the parents or will it's be like, yeah! Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Or it's going to be animated and they're going to have that one eyebrow raised.
2: Oh. <laughs> and you won't be able to <laughs> then, watch it. And
0: then check my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my social media will be oh,
1: boycott Club Penguin. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. We'll go to Alex, who is now talking about moving out. Oh, oh <laughs> This is just a quick one, um, and
0: it happened a few days ago, but uh, moving out, the Sydney-based game um, uh, from SMG Studios has reached 1 million sales. Woo! Um, woo! So we, we had um, Ashley Ringrose on the podcast uh, a year, or two years ago, um, so big congrats to him and the team, and um, yeah... Have Have you of you had a chance to play that game before?
1: No, I bought it because it was on sale on Switch recently, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> yeah you you were the you were the one millionth Big Mac that <laughs> I was. I was. Is that, that the one with the physics? Was like, yeah, I want to play that.
2: Like where the physics are all weird. Yeah, yeah. That it's got a two player, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played that with my son, and it was yeah, pretty pretty cool, pretty hilarious. It's like surgeon simulator yeah. style, like where everything's. Extreme and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good.
0: That's yeah, so simulator overcooked, yeah, mm. it, it's it's real great. Um, hearing the work they put into that like the thousands of hours of playtesting and how they got different people to come in, I think they just tempted them with pizza and things like that. Just constantly had people playtesting, yeah. like that's a game you
1: have to playtest, yeah. it's so. That physics stuff. Yeah, I Ugh. can't Well I do mean. hear people say that about moving out and overcooked as well, just how fun they are and like how they play it with their kids and their family. Mm. Yeah. All right everyone. What do you reckon? Yeah, we can wrap it up there. But we gotta pick a question. So apart from the the bullying spin off. <laughs> what, like what's a gaming That really was a good
2: question.
1: <laughs> 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 we'll ask that one,
0: what but what's uh, gaming related? Uh, I reckon you're um, the the educational game. Mm. What kind of educational games have you played?
1: Yeah, actually, I'd be really... What's something cool you learned from a game? Yes, that's a good one. What what is the coolest thing that you've learned from a game? Yeah, let's do it. All
0: right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us at the cafe. And um, we will see you in a fortnight. And
1: and everyone send your thoughts and prayers to Costa. Yes,
0: Thoughts yes. And you
2: cannot
1: miss another podcast. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> awesome. All right. Alright, catch you guys. Sleep. Yeah. Cafe Booleans is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBooleans or by emailing us at hello at